You're listening to the Lucas Askew Experience. Now, here's your host, the one and only, Lucas Askew. Hello world, welcome to the Lucas Askew Experience. Today, we'll be bringing on the most educated guest in LAE history. I usually am the second smartest person in the room when I have another person with me anyways, and today is is no exception. We'll be chatting life and specifically focusing on his discipline of helping folks live healthier and happier lives. But before we get to all that goodness, let's take a collective breath in and out while listening from a word from one of our adored LAE sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Aveeno Protect Plus Hydrate Sunscreen, saving pale complexions dearly since 1945. Now, I don't know about you, but my skin was not designed for long periods of sun exposure. There is a reason I grew up with seven plus months of winter. However, when I'm out having fun in the sun, I am constantly worried about getting burned by the harmful UVA and UVB rays. I would constantly lather up and in just a few short hours become a stunt double for an embarrassed looking lobster. Yes, maybe it was because I wouldn't do a good job of applying the sunscreen, but those generic brands wouldn't properly soak into my skin anyways, not to mention the damage it would do to the water I would be jumping in. Then one day, strolling the aisles at my local Target, I came across this product by Aveeno. I'd heard of the Aveeno brand before, but only as a body wash. Aveeno delivers both your UVA and UVB sun protection and does it with a sweat-resistant, water-resistant lotion formula that will absorb almost instantaneously so you don't have to worry about waiting those 15 minutes before jumping into the pool. Aveeno Protect Plus Hydrate is made with soothing, active, natural oats. Yes, I said oats as the key ingredient of the delicious breakfast treat porridge and my latest absolute love overnight oats cannot love it enough but these oats are the real deal they help moisturize nourish and hydrate your skin keeping it softer and healthier every year i do get older and more and more do i appreciate softer and healthier skin avino protect plus hydrate the reason you'll be thanking me over the next 30 years Welcome back to the Luke Sasky Experience. Today we are recording inside a, a very cozy office space, uh, as many are in the Bay Area with real estate prices the way they are. Uh, but today I'm happy to be joined by Mr. Doc Brown. Brown is a clinical psychologist, therapist, and counselor. He specializes in marriage and family topics, but could do much more. Not sure how you fit it all on one business card, but uh, thanks for joining me today. I'm glad to be here. Well, Doc, I wanted to provide the uh, LAE faithful listening today a little glimpse of, of what you do and, and tap into your, your wealth of knowledge, especially with the topics of stress and anxiety. As I shared on a previous episode, this is something near and dear to me and more common in today's society uh, overall. So I felt it would be helpful to have a true expert come on come on the show and shed some light to the, to the listeners out there. There's definitely little tips and tricks uh, that you can help shape day-to-day life, so we'll get into that. Just first off, introduce yourself, how long you've been doing this for, and what got you into this profession. Oh, okay. Well, I've been doing therapy for about 25 years now. Um, 
started kind of as a segue from work that I had been doing before. I had been working in corporate settings doing employee relations work in human resources. Um, and one time, just by chance, uh, well, not, not so much by chance, but it, it just so happened that um, there was going to be a layoff in this company that I was working at, and it was the first time they'd ever had a layoff. And so they were concerned about providing like extra support to people who would be really shocked. Mm -hmm. you know, these were back in the days when layoffs weren't that common, you know, or buyouts and that sort of thing weren't that common. Um, so um, part of uh, a task that was given to me was to arrange for some on-site counseling. Uh, for staff who might be really upset, you know, and to have somebody that they could talk to on site after they got the news. So that's that was the thing that I organized and I arranged for, um, it was an employee assistance program, counselor to come and be on site and be available. And I remember thinking to myself after I got this all set up, brought the woman into the office and got her um, all organized and all that kind of stuff. I'm walking out the door and I think to myself, you know, I'd be good in that role, you know? So that was the first kind of thought that I had. Maybe I wanted to make a change um, and go deeper into the helping professions. And so that's what kind of sparked me to go back to school, graduate school, degrees, internships, all that kind of stuff, and uh, to become a counselor uh, pretty much full time. Okay. So it was that kind of one event that was kind of the catalyst to to spark this passion for you and, and then you've been following it ever since. Right, exactly, yeah. And, awesome. a, and a good choice for me. So I mentioned you specialize in marriage and family but you do other topics of like anxiety and, and stress is kind of the, the main core topic that we're touching on today but um, what are the, what do you find common topics that individuals are, are coming to you and, and looking for um, just your perspective and, and advice on. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's shifted over time because for a long time, um, I would say in the early part of my career, most of the clients that who came in the door seeking help just for themselves, not necessarily for the relationship issue, um, were, were those were folks who were reporting depression. That was that was really kind of the main issue that most clients came in with. the The way that shifted, I think, in the last five years or so um, has been more of my clients are coming in uh, reporting anxiety as their major concern. Uh, still some folks with depression too, but I would say the majority of clients that I see now um, uh, often come in and that's, you know, when I ask them why, why would they come, they say, well, it's um, issues around anxiety. And what, do you have a theory of what to attribute that? with that shift by in the, in the past couple years? I think partly, well, what I notice is because I'm in uh, practice in an urban area, you know, in a big city, um, uh, people are much more stressed out um, by the fast pace of their lives, the amount of hours that they're working at their jobs, um, plus trying to squeeze in um, what I call Instagram-ready moments, you know, in their personal life, you know, so that um, they're not just necessarily hanging out in their free time, but they're doing things that they think are, you know, important for them, useful for them, important for their social network and all that sort of thing, and have very little downtime. 
Um, and uh, the electronic devices, I think, also play a part. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we're seeing more and more that um, a lot of folks um, almost seem addicted to their phones in the sense that if you were to take it away for a period of time, they would really find it hard to like be without being able to check, you know, into their social network or check their emails or check whatever they're usually checking on. And that presents a certain level of anxiety just by itself, that you're always kind of charged up um, with activity or with plans or with information. Um, and uh, I think that also leads to a general sense of, you know, overwhelm. And sometimes when the clients come in to see me around anxiety, it's because, you know, they've tried some different things, they've talked to their friends about it, maybe they've talked to their doctor about it, um, but they haven't find, found a way to, like, lower the pressure. Mm -hmm. So you s see this rise in the previous couple of years. Looking ahead at the next five, ten years, do you see this trajectory continuing? Do you see something else coming in, in play? Yeah, um, I, th I think anxiety is probably going to continue. Um, uh, you, you mean we're not going to like solve that cure and everyone's just going to be yeah. uh, stress-free? I don't think, yeah, okay. not, not yet. I mean, I think anxiety is continue. I think depression also will continue, um, and I think substance use will continue. I think, uh, you know, just from my experience, um, those are uh, uh, driven by some societal factors, um, and I think that, that those will continue to be issues, as well as kind of relationship stuff around families, kids. Okay. So for the person living in today's society, coming, coming to you uh, looking for answers of how to reduce anxiety, what are some key helpful tips that, that you kind of direct them to to kind of help steer them in the right direction? The, the one tip that I've been offering to people recently that I think has been pretty helpful is the idea of focus. Focusing in more narrowly on what they're doing, what they're planning, and being just more conscious of how they're using their time. Um, in addition to like focusing down into a narrower band uh, uh, so that they eliminate some of the distractions and some of the churn of thoughts and ideas, so you kind of narrow it down into something that's just really doable and easy to um, deal with um, and also seeking ways to reduce their stress level um, talking about stress uh, I think one of the key things that people don't necessarily understand about stress or isn't as well known is that stress is a cumulative kind of experience for human beings so if you started the day you got a good night's sleep you woke up and you were rested you'd probably be at zero on the stressometer at the, for the beginning of the day. But then as each thing happens, um, uh, you're running late for a meeting, or you get a negative comment from someone, or um, your train or bus you know, stalls and that makes you late. Now, all of these things you can think of as building blocks that are being piled one on top of the other in terms of the increase of stress on your system. A certain number of those building blocks are fine. So everybody has a certain range where they can tolerate the buildup of stress. And they're still functioning. It's not, you know, it's not degrading. It's not too hard for them. 
but there's some line um, and when you pass that line and go beyond that that's when stress is more negative on our systems so oftentimes people if they've been like going beyond that tolerable line uh, a lot for most days they they often come in and are reporting these physiological concerns you're saying stress is kind of the building blocks so it continues to mount and mount and mount and obviously when it gets to a certain point it's a boiling point um, are there other things that you think throughout the day how do I reduce the blocks or is it once it's on there it's pretty tough to actually remove that yeah so the goal is you're probably not going to get in the course of a like a work day for the average person you're probably never going to get back down to zero um, for most people um, they have to develop strategies to take off some of the blocks. Not necessarily, you don't have to go down to zero, it's not required, you know, but just to keep things within a reasonable range of stress. So that, for example, you know, if you have somebody who um, works at a, a desk sitting at a computer, you know, looking at a screen all day, I'm encouraging folks um, to schedule in times to step away, to, you know, to take a walk, even if it's just to go get water or uh, refreshment or walk around the floor, uh, walk around the block, that kind of thing. So on a routine basis, they break up their intense work with something that, they, that could be a little bit of a break, a little bit of a release. And it doesn't have to be a long break. You know, mini breaks are fine. And you do those throughout the day and finding those things that you find relaxing. Because one of the truths about stress management, which goes way back to, I think, the 1950s, we know that you cannot both be stressed and relaxed at the same time. Our human systems do not allow for that to happen. So if you can increase your relaxation response and use that skill, the skill that allows you to do that, then that's gonna eliminate or reduce the stress level that you're at. It's kind of combining the the times where you're changing your your mind and perception. So walking up, getting a glass of water, or using the restroom, and then also combining that with a more positive emotion to kind of help frame your mind. So, like you said, going outside, viewing nature, or texting a friend, like a, a motivational message or something like that. Is are those kind of the, the good combinations to help? shape your mind but then also get it in a more positive light? Yes, absolutely. I don't think we were really designed to be working kind of at the kind of driven pace that a lot of people find themselves right now. I think our, the, you know, just the nature of our systems are, would allow more for we're going to work hard at something but then we have some break time, we have some relaxation time, we have some downtime. And the way people are working and recreating combined, there's very little downtime, certainly for clients when they walk in the door here um, to come and see me. And so a lot of my kind of coaching about how to make a little adjustments to your life um, are around giving yourself these breaks in the course of your day or in the course of your week. I love visualization of the building blocks that you mentioned of how it builds up and how are there certain things that you can do to remove one or two throughout the day. Uh, I want to go back to what you mentioned previously of just advising people to really focus and, and utilizing that as a tactic because I think 
culmination of what our society is is pushing us to do of do more things and like we want greater output in the same amount of time and we try to do multitasking all the time and that we know is not helpful what is your viewpoint on focus and and how how do you see people successfully really do narrow in focus mm -hmm. so um the example I often give people with, you know, to kind of think about the idea of focusing in is let's say somebody has some social anxiety and they would feel really uncomfortable if they went to an engagement, a party, a, a social gathering where there were a bunch of people that they didn't know. So oftentimes what's happening for that person is their mind is firing off in all directions about, you know, uh, am I dressed correctly? Will I know what to say? Who are these people? You know, how do I integrate myself? How do I feel comfortable? So what I encourage that person to do is, okay, let's narrow it down. Let's keep your focus really, really narrow. You're going to uh, walk in and look for one person to introduce yourself to. It's, it's one at a time. That's all you need to do. So you're narrowing your focus down into something that's much more um, easy to manage and therefore likely that you'll feel more comfortable. In a work setting where you have work tasks plus you're also you know 24-7 you know watching your social media media accounts and getting you know, uh, texts and emails and you're having all of that kind of trying to filter through um, it can be exhausting and make it one at a time. Don't attempt to do multitasking. Um, it, not a lot of people can, a few people I think can do multitasking, but very few. They, they are few and far between. I think it, I, I've tried to be a multitasker and it, it fails miserably on my end. So I, I, yeah. I can relate there. Yeah, so I would, I would say don't, don't set yourself up with that expectation that you're gonna be able to manage all that stuff. Um, so uh, being, uh, a planner in the sense that you schedule yourself is perfectly legit in terms of trying to you know gain some focus on your work you know so that you know okay this hour I've got this task to do then I have this meeting then I have this next thing so keeping a calendar or keeping some record for yourself so that you can write things down and check them off it's a very beneficial strategy cognitively you know, because it helps it, it helps us focus and it also is a, provides a certain level of reward to us. To tie in your building block metaphor, you're either taking a building block off your overall plate because you're accomplishing that. So focusing does help in terms of reducing that, that building yes, block. Yes, absolutely. You know, um, a lot of people don't recognize, you know, that we actually get like a little, you know, uh, uh, jolt of good feeling with this sense of accomplishment. You know, it's like, yeah, I set out to do this, I did it. You should appreciate that. You've mentioned kind of the individual, like some tips and, and tricks to really focus on. For friends and family out there that see a, a close loved one that is kind of dealing with stress and anxiety, are there things that they can do to help them focus, help them just be a support system? How, how can they play within that overall space? Having friends is a really key element to just good mental health. You know, having a social network uh, has been found to be really useful because we have somebody to, if, even if it's just complain to. 
so I can hear myself saying, you know, what it is that's bothering me or that distressed me or that irritated me over the course of my day, get some feedback from friend or family member, oftentimes helps to put things into perspective or they can offer, you know, oh, well, when that happened to me, this is what I tried and that worked. So you also get some information back. Um, so having close connections is really critical for people to kind of stay on an even, balanced keel for the most part. I mean, everybody's going to have ups and downs. Even the most well-adjusted person's going to have bad days or, you know, things will go wrong for them and they'll not feel so good about it. Um, but that's just, you know, we want to consider that just the normal ups and downs of how life works. Um, and again, friends are going to play a part or family are going to play a part um, in helping you put things into perspective. And when you say social network, <coughs> You mean like actual a, social network that you talk to, not right. necessarily just the people that you are interacting with on Facebook or Instagram. It does feel like that double-edged sword of you want people to be a part of it, but then the social networks that we create sometimes exacerbate some of our competition and drives that can have negative feelings. Right, exactly. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out. Social network, in the way I'm thinking about it, are the human beings, the human interactions that you're going to have, um, not necessarily online. They just play a really important role in keeping us on track. Last question I'd like to end the show with all my guests, very open-ended question. Uh, what advice would you give listeners out there it can be related to our, our topic today of uh, stress, anxiety, depression? could be different or it could be a simple reminder for people to look both ways before they cross the street. What advice would you um, impart? This is basically um, kind of um, a distillation of the whole cognitive behavioral therapy approach to living. And that is that um, our thinking, our cognitions, our actions, our behavior, and our feelings are all interrelated. Those the three things to kind of be aware of, you know, that you have control over those things. You have control over your thoughts, um, and because you have control over your thoughts, you have some control over your feelings, too, as well as your actions. And those three components play an important part in how we, you know, um, do what we do and how we can be successful in what we do. Can't think of a, a better way to close than that. Doc, appreciate the, the time today and appreciate you, you coming on the show, giving words of wisdom to all the listeners outside, out there. So thank you so much for your time. You're very welcome. To end this week's episode, it is motivational time, motivational message, courtesy of Michelangelo. No, I'm not making reference to a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle who definitely did not like anchovies, the original Michelangelo. He said, The greatest danger for us is not that our aim is too high and we miss it, but that it's too low and we reach it. It's so easy to revert to easy goals that we, we know we can achieve. It, it makes us feel good inside. We, achieving something makes us feel good. But getting uncomfortable and reaching for the stars, the, the metaphorical stars, can push us to places we never thought possible and bring even greater joy. So, let's dream big this week, ladies and gentlemen. That's our show for today. Thank you to Doc Brown for educating us, and thank you to Avino Protect Plus Hydrate Sunscreen 
keeping us safe while we're out enjoying the summer weather and sponsoring the show, doing that as well. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, take care, talk soon, and God bless. Thank you.